Momentum Podcast, helping you develop a partner network that enables ministry to happen. Crickets. Crickets. I was like, what do we say? Welcome to the Momentum Podcast. I'm Daryl Parsons, and uh, joining me today, Naomi Vandevish. How are you? I am good, thank you. How are you? Naomi, I am doing well. I've been resisting the urge to mention COVID-19 because that's actually a thing right now. And what's, mm. really, what's really weird is that um, somebody may be listening to this podcast a year down the road and they will have seen this through the other side, right? But uh, as we're talking today, it's a thing. Right. Like, and, and, and of course we are isolated because I'm in my, my basement, you're in your basement and we've got zoom. So (laughs) we've become zoom ninjas over the last (laughs) little while and joining us. Wow. All the way from like the other side of the country, because we're in Ontario, uh, is, uh, Jen Hubbard from Vancouver. It's morning in Vancouver. It is morning in Vancouver. It's a sunny. It's a sunny day in Vancouver. So we will celebrate that. Uh, it's so good to uh, so good to have you with us. Thanks for taking time out of what we know is a really busy schedule for you. Yeah, well, thank you for letting me be here. I'm excited to talk. Mm-hmm. We are very excited to have you here, and we're excited to be starting a conversation. I just want to approach it that way. We're starting a conversation about women raising support. Um, I, this is something we have been talking about and tossing around. And I think sort of the most basic question, maybe the most obvious question is, is it an issue? Is, are there um, challenges to women having to raise or getting to raise support? <laughs> getting to raise support is a good question. Yeah. Nay, uh, I'm, I'm assuming uh, this is interesting. I'm probably going to leave the room here and let you guys have at it. Um, uh-huh. Jen, you're Jen. You're obviously qualified because um, of gender. <laughs> and, yeah. But also, you've been doing this for a while, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, this is my twentieth year. Twentieth year. And wh- yeah. what's your current job title? Uh, I would be the academic coordinator for Life Team School of Youth Outreach. So I make sure we do what our syllabus says that we do. Awesome. And you've got a role with Greater Vancouver Youth for Christ as well, right? Yes, I do. I uh, oversee training for our staff to make sure our staff meetings uh, have the right kind of training for our staff and to make sure that we are offering up to our staff the training they need to do their work really well. Awesome. Mm -hmm. So uh, obviously, having been doing partner development for 20 years, I think you've Mm -hmm. got some – I think you've got some – creds here, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So back to Naomi's question. Is this a thing? You know, I think when you look, uh, I look mostly at Greater Vancouver Youth Unlimited as our model maybe for this. The bulk of our older staff, uh, more male than female. The bulk of our younger staff, more female than male. Um, And most of them, unless you come from a really strong uh, faith-based family, unless you come from a really strong church where you're really connected, most of our younger staff have trouble getting their funds raised in order to work as many hours as they want to work. It's a long journey to get there. Um, And I see that it is a struggle. It's different than it was when I began. So Mm. I think there is something to it. Yeah. Okay. 
So, ladies, let me let me put both of you, you know, to the front here. What are some of the unique challenges that you see uh, for women who are raising their support? You know, and I think about uh, my journey, I started off, um, I was single. And I think most of my parents' friends chose to support me, uh, because they would have supported me doing almost anything, maybe they're just good people who believed in me. Um, But when I got married, some of my partners didn't think they needed to support me because I had a husband to support me, uh, which is Mm. not true in Vancouver's economy. Mm -hmm. Um, Uh, or in many other parts of our country. Mm. And uh, my calling was never to be at home all the time, uh, which is my current reality, actually. So that's rather odd. (laughs) But but, um, it seems to me that there has been a struggle in all of that. I think uh, for the first maybe, maybe five to 10 years to be taken seriously, that I wasn't simply doing this to avoid getting a real job, but I really felt called to care for youth and uh, should be supported well in that. Hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. And and 20 years later, you're still called. Uh, definitely called. Can't imagine doing anything else. I do have the best job inside of Youth Unlimited. Uh, <laughs> and I can't imagine doing any other thing. Um, but there are times where you just think, wow, how do we keep doing this? Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Naomi, how does that how does that uh, uh, relate to your experience? Um, my experience has been um similar i did i was raising support with the previous organization i was part of um but it wasn't full support so when i moved to youth for christ canada um the conversation was there was a big conversation with my husband (laughs) about whether we felt um that we could take that step into into raising support Um, and when we made that leap Um, it was a matter of reaching out and communicating with people. Um, And I do feel like I wasn't maybe as um, bold as I could have been in my, my conversations and in my asks. Um, So maybe it was just more my approach or my attitude towards it um, that I felt a little bit held back. Um, I'm not quite sure. Yeah. Mm. I uh, think about so many of the ministry partner development presentations I have sat through over the years, uh, many of which have been taught by men. And I think sometimes there is a bit of a male and female, we interact differently. And this would not be true for 100% of females or 100% of males. But I generally go with my instincts and I'm a relational person. So I relationally connect with someone and I let them know that I have a need and I hope that they will <laughs> lean into God and hear that. And yet then I sit in a, an MPD discussion where they talk about being very direct and setting out a business plan and asking specifically for what you need. And my brain does not work that way. And so I wonder for our staff, if there is a bit of a difference in how um, humans communicate, and maybe we can even draw a line of how males and females communicate that actually makes this more challenging for women at times than it does for men. Mm-hmm. I would say using some of those traditional approaches. Yeah. Yeah. An interesting uh, question. Uh, interesting. And, uh, and I think also as a, as a woman who um, certainly wants to be respectful of my husband and respectful, respectful of someone else's husband, the thought of calling up a businessman to say, well, let's go for coffee and talk about this feels a little weird to me. There's something about that that feels awkward 
about um, meeting with a man and going for coffee in that way um, that I think men don't necessarily think about, particularly when they suggest to all their young female staff, well, you just call him up and you set up a coffee and you go have this discussion with him, that it, I think, does feel awkward for our female staff to do that in that way that um, we want a relational approach, but you don't want to be weirdly caring for someone else's someone. And so I think all of that gets muddled together in this too. Mm. Hmm. I can I can see it, right? Because if you're yeah. a, especially if you're a younger female staff and, you know, the, the, the ask is to like a middle-aged businessman, like that, that's, there's, there's not a lot of commonality there really, right? No. No, no, there's not, you're not going to sit down and talk about some stock tips and then roll <laughs> over. Even uh, my, I have a brother-in-law that's a stockbroker. And as he and I talk through these things, he says to me, I want to know, I want you to be able to show me where's the growth going to come from this donation. So if I pledge this much, what's the outcome going to be for that? Um, what, what success are you going to be able to show me? And everything inside me cringes to say, <laughs> we are not outcome based, right? We're in the business of transformation. And that isn't always measurable in the ways that a business person wants to see it. And so he has coached me a little bit, perhaps on how to have that more specific conversation or um, how to share the information that's most interesting to someone whose brain thinks that way. If I'm in my head, I say, I tell you a story about Mikey Jakes, who showed up to our program, you know, and, and what we saw happen in him. But someone who thinks in numbers really wants to know how many kids came this year, how many kids came the year before, are we seeing year over year growth? What does that mean for the end trajectory of what we're going to see here? And I think for a lot of our staff, we don't really think that way. So it's very hard to communicate in those words, and maybe more so for our female staff than our male staff. Mm. I know that um, your name came up in a conversation, which is part of the reason we're having this call. Um, Dean had said that you had a conversation with your staff and um, it was a, all the, the women came together and just asked this question. And so I know you're speaking from your experience, mm -hmm. but can you tell me a little bit about what their staff said to you what what are their challenges yeah uh so yeah we gathered together after one of our all staff meetings and we sat around a bunch of tables and uh we gave a bit of space for people to simply speak to their experience um and what i heard uh was a bunch of younger staff um female staff the majority of them i would say felt that the mpd training they'd received thus far and now this is a couple years ago, so there's different resources available now, maybe, but maybe a year and a half ago. Uh, many of them just said what they heard up front from a male voice, they had trouble translating into their own experience of meeting one-on-one -on -one with a partner, of um, hearing that. Uh, and, and sometimes it even has to do, often it's older staff who've been part, doing partner development for a long time who are having these conversations, and perhaps they forget what it's like to be trying to speak to someone um, in the hopes of maybe getting a $25 a month partnership out of that, as opposed to walking away with a $5,000 check. Right. Mm. Um, but they were hearing male voices telling stories of sitting down with someone who then pulled out his checkbook and just said, what number do you need? Tell me. <laughs> and, and couldn't relate uh, to some of the training they were receiving. Um, and uh, I think it was Iona who spoke 
most specifically to say she's realized over the years she needs to shift her presentation for um for the person she sits in front of so realizing that actually it's not just one one type of conversation that will get us where we need to be that we actually need to have different skills developed for different conversations that when you sit down with a businessman who has a 15 minute window to see you he he doesn't even want to tell you about how his family's doing he's fine and he wants to know what you want and how to get there um, as opposed to sitting down with his wife who maybe has time for an hour coffee with you and wants to actually update you on how all their family is doing and is delighted to pray with you at the end, right? That there's simply different perspectives in that. But if, for many of our staff, it was, a, I think, actually a bit relieving to hear that perhaps one style of presentation wouldn't meet the needs of every partner conversation, that mm -hmm. we might actually have to shift our words. And many of them felt that they had never heard that before. So they are realizing they need different training than what they've been receiving so far. Hmm. Mm. That's good insight. Just that there's not one shoe that fits all, right? No. And, and I think um, one of our staff sitting there, I think she actually does have a much more strategic mindset. And uh, she said sometimes she feels when she sits with women that they want to have the chatty conversation and she wants to have the strategic conversation. Mm. And um, that realizing for her, it goes both ways, that she's a much more business-minded person so her conversation always heads that way and she realizes she needs to shift and slow down for mm. someone who wants to have a relational conversation so that it, it is true it's not one a one-stop shop or one shoe that fits for everyone mm. you know that we really need to alter our presentation for who we're meeting with but perhaps we can do more to help staff develop that presentation that wouldn't be more natural to them mm. yeah and uh I, I like that a lot uh i think that when we talk to staff, uh, one of the things I often encourage staff is you should be knowing your partners, right, and getting a sense of who it is you're talking to. So even in that would be trying to as best, you know, the, the best way you know how to figure out, is this a person who wants a more relational presentation? Is this a person who wants things a little more transactional, right? Do they want to hear the personal story of transformation or do they want to hear the stats? Uh, not necessarily easy in some cases, depending on how well you know somebody, but the better you can understand who you're talking to, I, I can see how that could be a tremendous advantage. And I think most of us do have a more natural presentation style. Hmm. Um, I realized, oh, probably six or seven years ago that I had never actually outright asked anyone to support me in my ministry, hmm. that I had always shared with them what God was doing and hoped that I spoke with enough enthusiasm and asked them to pray with me that God would bring support. But I hadn't ever actually asked anyone to step into that journey with me. I had provided, I had laid the table and hoped that they would eat, but mm. I wasn't actually inviting them to eat. And so I have had to work on and develop that skill. And I think in that same way, um, for many of our, especially younger female staff, um, I don't really have much business acumen, right? I'm not, I'm not actually setting that up well. Thank goodness we do annual reports that have statistics in them that I can share <laughs> with people. Because beyond that, I don't have much of a sense of how I develop a business presentation. And so I think that is a, a gap maybe for uh, many of our young female staff who are just really excited about working with kids because that's the thing they can do. Mm -hmm. so, mm -hmm. Yeah, I heard from some staff too of feeling very pulled in multiple directions about um, 
there aren't a lot of jobs really where you have to catch all the things. You are your admin person, you are your public relations specialist, you are your um, partner development specialist, right? That you need to be able to do all those things. And for some of our staff knowing they do some things really well and some things not well at all. So I think there's also that gap that if you are not um, naturally drawn toward partner development, if you see it as the evil that allows you to do your work, it's only harder than as a young female to try and approach. If you fear having that meeting, it's much harder to get there and do it, mm -hmm. which maybe is true of young male staff also. But um, if you really don't look forward to having these meetings, you set yourself up for much harder harder job. Mm. So how can we as um, older staff and um, supervisors or leaders start to um, give some of those skills or have those conversations? Um, I think some of it probably comes down to, I have wondered for a while if it's possible inside our organization that actually female staff would have female MPD coaches and male staff would have male MPD coaches. Um, or that maybe some coaches would recognize they have more specialty uh, in setting up a business presentation. Some would say, I'm stronger on the relational side. And perhaps you would have an opportunity to meet with a coach to help you grow in the area you need to grow in, right? That maybe we can actually offer our staff um, a menu of people to connect with and meet with to develop a relational presentation and to develop a more business-minded presentation. Mm. I wonder too, in our foundations training, as we do um, SI and our regional retreats, if perhaps it would be helpful to have a male voice and a female voice speak in those times of their experience and what a presentation looks like for them. So staff have more of a chance to sit there and go, I naturally identify with person A, but I see that I need to develop what person B does, as opposed mm -hmm. to thinking, that's what it has to look like. How do I do that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that even just thinking it through in sort of the two veins, yeah. having being prepared for both, recognizing yeah. strengths yeah. in one, but having the opportunity to grow and learn in the other. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I wonder um, with that also, I think about in larger chapters, you're more likely uh, to find someone of your gender who's gone before you, but in a smaller chapter, it may be it might be five men and two women. And so it's much harder to have that piece to go, what woman do I know that has fundraised for 20 years is sitting in front of me. Mm -hmm. And so, so for those of us who do have more experience or um, I've gotten paid, that's at least something <laughs> yeah. that uh, we figure out too, how to maybe um, partner some of those people together, even in those moments, just for support to go, mm -hmm. I get it. You know, I'm super mm -hmm. fortunate that I have, have someone, I have Iona as my supervisor, who's done this for a few years longer than I have, who shows me what it looks like to be a wife and a mother in a woman in partner development as I mm -hmm. do ministry. Not all of our female staff have that. No, mm -hmm. so, no absolutely. It's one I of think. the reasons why um, I think what we do with Momentum has a, a lot of value because we can connect on a broader um, on a broader field, right? Mm -hmm. uh, with people, it's not just Naomi and I, but you know the other resources that come to bear uh, for smaller chapters. And um, I do have a specific question I want to ask because it actually came up for me recently. Uh, I was talking to a staff person who was getting ready, a female staff person who was getting ready in a couple of months to go on a maternity leave. 
and uh, she raised the question about support raising, but knowing that in just a couple of months, she would be on a maternity leave. And the first, the, when the question first came to me, I was like, oh, wow, that's like, I don't have an answer for that. Of course, I don't have that experience. Uh, and I was like, but I, at least I know I can get her to talk to Naomi because <laughs> <laughs> Naomi yeah. actually has that experience. But then I, I realized as, as also as we were chatting a little bit, but that isn't entirely even a, a male female question because some sometimes there's a parental leave and stuff like that so uh there's room uh for for both uh on both sides of the gender equation for the conversation but uh what uh what kind of response would you give to somebody who is getting ready to take a maternity leave having had three maternity leaves, um, it's, uh, it, you know, it's quite interesting. There's also that piece of, um, sometimes it's not just one maternity leave. You know, I, I had a kid, I came back to work for a year. I had a kid, I came back to work for a year. I had a kid and and I came back to work and I, Rob says, I'm not allowed to stop again. So, um, (laughs) and we're done. Um, but, uh, there is that piece also of, of what does it actually look like to support, a family actually in the midst of ministry. And so um, many of my partners were really fantastic in that time. I was able to communicate clearly with them that uh, if they were to continue giving where the money would go during that time, which I think some partners have that question. If I give, where does the money go? And the money in our chapter, the money went into my staff account and built up a nice little surplus so that when I came back, um, I didn't have to be concerned about starting over in terms of funding. But I think there are some things we can also do for female staff. Uh, you know, maybe it's possible to um, look across the country and actually get some uh, samples of what those letters look like so that they have a model of what to write um, when it's time to think about going on mat leave. Uh, in our chapter since then, there have been a couple of staff who've gone on mat leave, and it seems that I have the letter that gets sent then to the next staff person to say, do you have an example of that? So I share that letter um, with Dean to share with the staff so that they have a, an idea of what that looks like. I do think there are some things I wonder about too. For some staff, um, in my role with life teams, each time I went on mat leave, they divvied up the most important of my tasks, but no one steps in to take over your role. And in some ways, that's very challenging for some of the things we do. One of our Vancouver staff, uh, Krista, who is working with the Elevation Project, she actually realized that if her partners would continue to give during that time, that they could actually hire someone to take on her role during that time and be paid out of Krista's deputation, which is what they decided to do, as opposed to trying to find someone who could fundraise to fill her administrative piece for that one year period, because you can't fundraise simply for a year most of the time. It takes you a year to fundraise for the year. And uh, so I think that there's some creative thinking we can do also to help staff think through, would you want someone to fill your role? What could that look like? Um, And uh, also, is it possible? Lots of jobs have an opportunity to do um, matching funds uh, while you're on mat leave or that there is top up available that actually makes it livable for you to go on mat leave to live on the 50% EI that you receive is challenging. So is it possible for staff to fundraise during that time, and then actually receive top up from their staff account on top of their EI in order to make it more livable for them while they're on mat leave. And I think there's some policy pieces in there, we can do to make it better for parents, if they choose paternity leave, you know, we are 
we are big fans of good families inside of YFC. So what do we do to make sure our staff have uh, feel supported and have an opportunity to also care for their own families in that way? Hmm. Thank you for that. Yes, we do also have some templates and letters um, on hand. And so if there are staff out there having those questions, please do reach out. Um, Momentum at yfc.ca. We are happy to connect with you. Um, I did, I remember when we were chatting earlier about this podcast, Jen, we were talking about um, sort of the idea that sometimes women, when raising support, um, approach um, people differently. Um, for example, you said, you know, you might approach the wife to grab a coffee and have a different result than if you had approached both people. And I, that resonated with me because I went, oh, that's what happened. So can we talk a bit more about that? Yeah, I, I think it is that relational um, piece. In every, in every couple, there is one person who maybe more strongly makes financial decisions than the other simply by personality. And uh, I think often, as a woman, if you reach out to the wife, especially maybe a more of a wife of a certain generation, um, maybe 55 plus, something like that, of more the boomer generation, um, where she maybe makes decisions together with her husband, but maybe he pays the bills or has the purse strings a little differently. If I sit and have coffee with the wife, and now she has to go home and make the presentation to her husband about why they should choose to support me, I think we are way less likely that they're going to step on board with me um, than if I had sat down with him or with both of them together. And I think Mm -hmm. we need to think a little bit about that, that if we're inviting a family to partner with us, um, that we need to speak to maybe to both of them. And the coffee coffee with the wife might be the easier choice, but it Mm -hmm. might not be as effective. Yes, I feel like that's what happened. I feel like I got a um, conversation with husband and wife and I said, yeah, he said, okay, that's fine. Let's support a little. (laughs) As opposed to me being able to present and um, have that conversation with both. And I think it does go both ways. Um, Maureen will often say, make sure the wife is in the room (laughs) because she will, they will go home and have that conversation together and be able to be on the same page. So I think that's just good rule of thumb. Talk to both people in the couple. Yeah, I, I do think that's true uh, because one may, what's I think the thought is, um, right, that someone might be the head of the finances, but there's always the neck that turns the head, right? And so we need to get both of them looking in the same direction at what you do uh, in order for them to choose to get on board with you together. Um, and there's always a bleeding heart in every family and every now and then they're the one who will just make the decision, but it's not guaranteed that the one you sit down, the easy one to sit down and talk with will be the one who can make the decision on your behalf. Mm-hmm. And I can see that, uh, working out too in different ways. If, um, if you're, if you have an initial conversation with, uh, one part of a, you know, the family, one person, uh, the next step, instead of you know, having them go back to try to have the conversation with their spouse and communicate everything. Uh, maybe the sensible way to approach that would be to say, yeah, is there a time when we can all get together and have a conversation? Yeah. Uh, you know, it doesn't, ha- support raising doesn't have to happen, uh, you know, in one conversation. Uh, you know, it's interesting too. We, uh, thinking of these COVID-19 days that we are in, I also think about how many times you've talked with a potential partner and it's so hard to find a time for all of you to sit down together. And here we sit on Zoom together. And so I wonder 
also if perhaps we might get a little more creative on how we manage to all sit together in a room with a busy couple who has the potential to be a great partner for you. Um, but you, you'll always chase after finding the time that fits that maybe there's other ways for us to all sit together than we have traditionally thought about with partners, certainly face-to-face is best, but there are other ways. And I think we need to be creative on how we figure that out instead of chasing after them for a month, six months, a year and missing out on that time of partnership. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Perhaps one of the uh, outcomes of all of this will be the fact that it seems like everybody now knows how to use Zoom. So <laughs> we, we've, uh, right. we, we've all of a sudden become a lot more comfortable with uh, video chat mm-hmm. than uh, I think at least to me, it feels like the, that we were previous to this. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, so. let's use it as a tool, right, in, mm-hmm. in, in, in our toolbox yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I've been finding it a very helpful conversation. And I, as I said at the beginning, I feel like it's just a beginning, just mm-hmm. the tip of the iceberg. And we want to continue having conversations about how we can um, continue on this support raising journey together and how we can be equipping and um, encouraging and supporting one another along the way. Um, So maybe my final question for you is, do you have any encouragement or advice to young women who are starting on this support raising journey right now? Oh, I would encourage you to stick it out. That there are times when it is hard. Um, No doubt, there have been times it is hard over the years. But there is, I think, um, when we stick it out, we also let our partners know that we are, we mean this and we are in it for the long haul. And if we really care about the kids that we work with, our passion for those kids will bleed over um, into the conversations we have with partners. And the longer you stick it out, there will be people who jump on board with you uh, for those millennials in the room. Uh, who are trying to figure out how to get their friends to partner with them, I'll be honest, right? I I would be the generation above you and I'm still waiting to see when my friends will begin to jump on board more with me. Mm. But I do know that I feel their prayer support, even if their financial support doesn't stick with me in the same way. And I think it is that bit. One of our wise young staff in Vancouver, um, she said to me, and her fundraising has been tenuous the entire time she has been with us. She said, God has been so clear to her that if she leaves YFC, it will not be over the money. He will tell her if it's time to go and do something else, but she is to stick in this and he will provide. And he has, and she has had all sorts of creative ways to fill the gaps. But uh, I really, I would encourage our young female staff, young male staff, those looking at MPD as a mountain to know that if God has called you to this thing, he will provide for you because he is good and gracious and he loves us. Yeah, I believe that to be true. Um, Perhaps for those who are listening, you feel like, yeah, this didn't answer all your questions. Um, I don't even think we've started to ask all the questions in this this conversation. So as we've alluded, this one's probably a to-be-continued. But uh, also... The fact is, is that everybody's support raising journey is unique. And that's one of the reasons why we provide support and coaching uh, for people who are in the support raising process. And if, if you want to dig in some more on this, then the invitation is there for you to reach out to us uh, at uh, momentum at yfc.ca and get connected to some of some uh, of the resources that we have, but also to actually have some intentional conversations about 
your support raising journey.